Memorial Day. How many of you on Memorial Day remember somebody close to you that has given their life and, and uh, died in, in uh, pursuing freedom for our country? How many? All right. Can we, um, can we do this? Can we pause for just a moment and pray for all of those and thank God for those who've sacrificed everything for us? Lord God, we come before you and we thank you for our great country. We know it is flawed and we have many things to continue to grow in as Americans, but Lord, we thank you for freedom, and we know that freedom has never been free, and we thank you for those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice and given their lives um, to allow the rest of us to be free. So thank you for them. I pray you help us tomorrow in particular to honor their memory, um, to hopefully enjoy a day off, but to pause, and as we do so, as we enjoy that day, to remember and reflect on those that have allowed our country to be what it is. So thank you, Lord, for them, and we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody together said, amen. Let me ask, um, how many veterans do we have in the room? Do we have, can you stand for us? If you're a veteran, would you stand? And let's make some noise. Fantastic. Well, today it is my honor and privilege to sit down with the rest of you and listen and let God speak through a young man who's going to share with us today. Um, his name is Brandon. Some of you know Brandon, some of you don't. Brandon has been my intern for about a year. He graduated on Friday from Colorado Springs Christian School. Some of his team, yeah, his classmates, yeah. Some of the faculty and, and classmates are here as well as, and of course, family. But he graduated on Friday. He had a graduation party yesterday, and he's been working on a sermon uh, for, I don't know, a couple of weeks now. And this kind of culminates his one-year internship with me, and he's done an amazing job. Many of you have seen him on stage helping with the worship. He's helped lead in communion and offering and other things. He's helped Chappie, a good friend who many of you know, uh, at another church that has needed some help. He's done a lot of wonderful things that way, and he's getting ready to leave uh, at the end of the summer to go to Manhattan Christian College. That's not the Big Apple. That's the Little Apple, because we're talking about Kansas. Manhattan Christian College in Manhattan, Kansas, and he will be there to study ministry. That's uh, where I graduated years ago as well. And then let the Lord lead him wherever that ends up being. We'll wait and see. But I'm excited for him. Uh, so I'd like to ask you to help me out. And that is to welcome him. Make some noise for Brandon as he comes and shares God's word together this morning with us. Thank you, Pastor Scott. Is this on? Can you guys hear me? Yep, cool. All right, thank you, Pastor Scott. And I also wanted to say um, not only a thank you to Pastor Scott, but the entire staff for just allowing me to be an intern here. You guys have really just taught me a lot, and you've really accepted me and just like brought me in as part of the staff, and I've really appreciated that. Um, if the ushers can go ahead and pass out those uh, pieces of paper, that'd be amazing. Um, but I've got a few pictures to show you guys. So this is a picture of myself. These are my senior pictures. I've played basketball at Colorado Springs Christian School for the past four years. It's um, a really big part of my life. I've learned a lot about leadership, and I am super excited that I get to continue with that next year at Manhattan Christian College. The next picture, uh, picture up here 
<clears throat> excuse me, is going to be a picture of me with a guitar. Um, I've had the privilege to help out in worship since I was in sixth grade, and I've uh, been allowed to lead as the worship pastor at CSCS for the past two years. And then the next picture is a picture of my lovely family. So on the far left, we have my sister, Stacy Pitt. Um, she is super great, really smart girl who's actually going to be joining in leadership by being the student body president at my school next year. Um, and then... This thing's falling off. Okay. Um, and then my mom is a marriage and family therapist. She's uh, really just poured a lot into me, and I'm super grateful for her. And yes, that's my dad. He's bald. I'm hoping I don't get there. But um, <laughs> he's an aerospace engineer, so you can't tell him it's not rocket science because it literally is rocket science. So he is super smart, and um, he's also poured a lot into me. So that is a little bit about me. That's my family, and I'm sure you guys enjoyed seeing that. But statistically speaking, you guys are now more likely to listen to what I'm having to say. So that's why I showed you guys that. So, <laughs> so now that we got that out of the way, um, today we're going to talk about how the Lord wants to and can use you, no matter who you are, no matter what your past is, and no matter where you are from. So the key or theme verse for today is Jeremiah 29.11. I'm sure most of you guys know that. If not, it's going to be up on here for you. But Jeremiah 29.11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing us to uh, come into your presence today. I pray that as we get ready to start this morning, that you can truly just make your presence real amongst this room. Lord, speak through me and allow my words to be your words and allow ears to be open, Lord, and for you to intervene today, Lord. Um, we thank you for this opportunity and we thank you for being able to meet here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if everyone can continue to keep your eyes closed, I want you guys to think about a hang-up or an issue or a past hurt or something that maybe you would even say defines who you are. It could possibly be something that you've done that's a mistake that glooms over your life. Maybe it was a big lie that you told, or maybe you've hurt someone, or you've stole something, or maybe you've abused someone physically, emotionally, sexually, or maybe on the flip side, you had that done to you. Maybe, you've, maybe you were the one who experienced the hurt. Maybe something was done to you that wasn't fair. Maybe you were the one who was abused. Maybe you recently lost a job and you feel less because of that or you had a business that failed. Just think about whatever hurt you might have. Just take a second and think about that. No matter what it is, everyone, and it's going to be different, but we all have a hurt or a hang-up. And that's something that makes us feel lesser of ourselves than we should. So you guys can go ahead and open up your eyes. And I want you to find a pen that's in front of you guys and write down on that piece of paper that the ushers just gave you that thing you were thinking about that made you feel less of yourself than you should. So after you guys write that down, go ahead and fold the paper and put it under your seat. I'll give you a few minutes. It can be a sentence. It can be a few words. It can be a singular word. But just take a few seconds and think about that. Write it down and put it under your seat.
All right, so our first point for today, we'll come back to what the paper means later, but our first point for today is do not allow the devil a foothold. Say that with me. Do not allow the devil a foothold. So as I look into this room, I see a room full of people, to include myself, and I ask myself, are we living to our full potential? Are we laying aside our own hurts, our own past, our own wants, and maybe even our own good ambitions— and living to the full potential that the Lord has for us. I mean, I know there's a lot of times for me there's something that could potentially hold me back from living to my full purpose or potential. Maybe it's self-ambition, or it's fear of speaking out, or fear of failure. Just real quick, by a show of hands, how many people in here believe there's something that's holding them back from living to their full potential? These damages and distractions are footholds that the devil wants to use against us. This thing wants to stay here. Okay, wants to use against us and keep us from living to the full potential that the Lord has for us. If you want to flip your Bibles to 1 Peter 5.8, it will be up there, but 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, have you guys ever watched Animal Planet or Discovery Channel? If you guys have you will see that a lion does not stand out in like an open plain or an open field and just wait for his prey to come. No, he'll wait in like a tall grass or behind a tree and wait for his prey to be at its most vulnerable point. He won't attack whenever the gazelle or something is in a huge herd or they're all playing around and ready to go. He will wait until the gazelle or his other kind of prey is either drinking water or eating or possibly even sleeping or just unaware that he is there. At that point, that's when the lion will attack. You see, Peter specifically used a lion as an example to like, talk about the devil because the devil is a lot like the lion in the fact that he will not attack us when we're on a spiritual high. He will not attack us when we're surrounded by a group of believers on like a mission trips or something. Instead, he will wait until we are not on that spiritual high or in that hill. We'll be in the valley. That's when he will attack us. He will wait till we're off the mission trip by ourselves and that's when we are at our weakest point, most vulnerable, and that is when the devil will attack us and try to take a hold of that potential foothold in our lives. So let's not give the devil a foothold. Amen? All right. My point two for today is allow God to fill you entirely. A lot of us are living in the fact that we know of God and we know who he is, but how many of us are truly living in our purpose? Okay, so Brandon, yeah, I know Jesus is our Savior, and I'm a Christian, and I go to church every Sunday— Okay, but what's your purpose? Because our purpose isn't just to come to church every Sunday, clock in, put that on our punch card, and then walk out and live the rest of our day. There's a famous country song right now that says, go to church on Sunday and cuss on Monday. That's not really what true Christians are supposed to do. That's the American idea of what Christianity is. But what is your true purpose? Webster defines purpose as, quote, the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. So are we living in our purpose? Are we doing the thing in which we were created for? Are we walking in our true identity? Most of us all have that one thing, you probably wrote it down on your piece of paper, that is holding us back from our true purpose. You all know what yours is. It's going to be different for each and every one of us. 
But this is important, catch this. What we do not make ourselves aware of, which was the thing we wrote on the piece of paper, and allow God to come into our lives and change, it will be the same thing that hinders us and holds us back from walking in our true purpose. A lot of us, a lot of us are sitting in here And because of something that's happened in our life, when we look in the mirror, all we see is damaged or broken goods. A lot of us just really can't get past the fact that that specific thing has happened into our lives and that God can use me for something more than where I'm at in my current situation. The enemy will see these damages and he will try to make that wound worse than what it is. He will tell you all these lies like you're worthless. No one will ever want you. You're too far gone. You don't even love yourself. Why would God love you? You don't even matter. You see, these are the lies of the enemy, and they absolutely hold no weight if you refute them in the name of Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, can you turn with me to Genesis 126? Genesis 126 says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. Now, I want to stop right there for a second and talk through some basic truth. Is that all right? Is that good? All right, cool. So, because the only reason after we're damaged that we don't feel useful is we don't really know who we are. You see, a lot of us get this idea that our identity, that our self-worth is found in materialistic things. How many, how many dollars can I put in my bank account? How many cars can I drive? How nice of a car can I drive? How many houses or how big is my house? All these materialistic things that the current day culture is telling us, oh, this is what you need to be successful and feel higher. But really, when it comes down to it, we're made in the image of God. We are his sons and daughters. We are his creation. You thought that you came from your parents. In in Genesis, oh no, on the sixth day, he decided he was going to make us in whose image? His image. We are his sons and daughters. Our parents just got the opportunity to raise us. So I've got a kind of fun example for you guys just to get this whole identity thing. Um, But anyway, this is a glove, and this glove was made in the image of what? A hand. So since this glove was made in the image of a hand, it was made to have relationship with the hand. You see, you can try to use this glove for a whole bunch of different things. If I'm getting sweaty, I can try to use it as a towel to wipe off some sweat. Or maybe I'm getting hot, I can try to use it to fan myself. Maybe I have to blow my nose real quick, try to use it like that. But its true identity, its true purpose is never seen until the hand completely fills the inside of it. Only then is its full purpose actually being used. You see, in the same way, our full purpose is not, being, is not being shown until we allow God to fill us entirely. Because until we allow God to come into our lives and fill us entirely in the same way that the hand is supposed to fill the glove, we can be trying to do all these different things, but without God, we're not living up to our full potential, our full purpose, or the full standard that he has for, us life, for our lives. And since he's not living on the inside of us, we're out here getting hurt, broken, and damaged. But when we ask God to come into us and fill us like the hand fills the glove, then he is with us. And I'm not saying that we will no longer feel the hurt or the pain of those past things, but instead of doing it on our own, now we have someone inside of us there to protect us and guide us. So the true purpose is only revealed when God takes over the entire 
inside of our lives, like the hand took over the entire inside of the glove. And when you make that decision in the present to allow God to fill your life entirely, your past will change course and no longer be your future. So you can change your course and change that past. So my point number two was allow God to fill you entirely. Point three is that God can use anybody. If you guys can turn with me to Joshua chapter 2, we're going to read through verses 1 through 6. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1 says, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent out two spies from Shittim and said, Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, at some of the look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the whole land. Now real quick, God intentionally sent the two spies to Rahab, and he intended for them to stay in Rahab's house. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Verse 4 continues to say, But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time for the city gate to close, they left. I do not know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. And then verse 6 says, But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax, which she had laid out on the roof. You see, God used Rahab, the prostitute, in order to keep the spies safe to continue with his plan with Jericho. And what I find interesting is if we look at verse 6, it says, But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. Now, she's a prostitute, so this obviously probably isn't her first time hiding men, right? So, so she knew how to hide men. So that's something that God knew that she would know how to do. And since God saw that, what I think is super cool, he used what she had to offer in that situation. He used the things she could bring to the table. And the reason I wanted to talk about Joshua chapter 2 is because we saw that God can use a prostitute. God can use someone with some issues. God used someone with a past. And I feel like we are so quick in church to say who God can and cannot use. But God is going to use who he wants to use, amen? And God is going to choose who he wants to choose. And I feel like sometimes God uses and chooses someone with a past in order to reach someone else with a similar past, amen? Okay, so it does not matter where we come from or what we wrote on that piece of paper. Because no matter where we come from, as the prostitute has something to offer, I know that each and every one of us have something to offer. And God wants to, and can, and will use you. So I've got another example for you guys, if you guys can look over here. This right here is a glass of water. It's a clear glass of water, you guys can see through it. It's 100, I'll even drink it. That was good. Okay, so it's 100% clean, it's clear, it's pure, and this is what Adam and Eve were in the garden. This was Adam and Eve when God created them. They had perfect relationship with God. They can walk, they could talk, and they could have one-on-one -on -one direct relationship with the Lord. Well, what happened whenever they tried to sin? Well, whenever they, whenever they tried to sin, 
Here, we're going to use this one. Whenever they tried to sin, they then had sin within their life. And whenever they sinned, now all of us are born of a sin nature. All of us have sin in our life. So this is what we look like once we are born. So all newborns have a sin in our life. So who in here have ever told a little white lie? I mean, I know I have. So yeah, we've all told a little bit of a white lie. So got one more in here. There it is. So this is going to represent the white lie. So we all have a white lie. Then who in here has gotten angry driving up or down the pass? Someone's going a little bit too slow? I know I have. So red for anger. Right there. And then maybe we've had some sort of addiction, some sort of alcohol or drug addiction in our past, and that's just something that is, we've really allowed to define us and that's come into our life. So that's going to represent that right there. And maybe even some of us have struggled with possibly an adultery within your life, or maybe some of us have even committed a murder or will in the future or something like that. And I'm going to have the soy sauce a little bit darker right there. Okay. So I'm not going to drink this. I mean, I'm sure Chad would like to, but (laughs) I'm not going to drink this. But this is what we look like. This is you. This is me. That's what we have to offer. Every single one of us have that to bring to the table. So why are we even here then, right? Why are we here? Why are we here trying to worship God if that is what we have to offer? And we have to be clear, 100% clear, to be having direct relationship with him in order to go to heaven. Because, I mean, I can try to take a spoon in here and dig out all of those colors. That's not going to happen. I can try to take a straw and suck all that out, but it's not going to be separated. There's literally nothing that we can do on our own to separate the sin from our lives. But John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So whenever we ask, okay, so whenever we ask God to come into our life and we ask his Holy Spirit to fill us and we believe that he can do that, he will then fill us and fill our lives. And the Holy Spirit will continue to work and fill our lives. Some of us might need more work than others, but he will continue to work with our lives and will slowly but surely start to see his hand in our lives. And he'll continue to work and work and work until we are once again then acceptable in Jesus' eyes. You see, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, when he died on that cross, we are then allowed to have relationship with God again. And this is pure, clean, and it is acceptable to God. But the cool thing here is, He doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop whenever we're now acceptable in God's eyes. The Holy Spirit continues to work and convict. And the cool thing here is there's an overflow. And there will continue to be an overflow within our lives and the lives of those around us, in our work, in our job, in our marriage, in our relationships. You will see an overflow in every single part of your life. God is good, amen? So that point was God can use anyone. It is not the mistakes we make in life that defines us. It's the response to those mistakes that matters. As I said earlier, we have a past and we, all, we obviously have a future, 
But what decision are we going to make in this present in order to alter the course from our past to our future? Are we going to allow God to come in and fix and change and work within our lives? As we saw there, are we going to allow him to make us pure or are we just going to continue down the old path that we're on? So I'm going to invite the band back up. And we're going to play one last song tonight, today, this morning. Um, we're going to play one last song this morning. And I want you guys to take back up those pieces of paper that are under your chair. And I want you guys to, you don't have to open them, but I want you guys to think about what's on each and every one of those pieces of paper. I want you to think about what you wrote down. It could have been a few words, a sentence. And this next song is called Break Every Chain. And Jesus Christ has the power to break every chain. He can work in your situation, and he can literally change and alter your course for the rest of your life. If there's anything that you're still holding on to, he can break that. He can remove that chain, that bondage that you still have within your life. So the symbolism of the piece of paper is you have wrote that thing this morning. And my challenge for you guys is just right here, we're going to make an aisle right here, just on this aisle. I want you guys to tear that piece of paper, and I want you guys to put it at the foot of the altar. Spend some time in prayer over that. No, don't just have everybody jump up, but I want you guys to spend some time in prayer, rip the piece of paper, and leave it at the foot of the cross. Leave anything that you need to at the altar. I want you, that's my challenge for you guys this morning. I want you guys to do that. And then myself, Pastor Scott, and the elders are going to be up here, and we're going to be praying for you guys. If you guys need prayer, make, up, make a line right here on this side. If you guys need prayer for anything from a sickness that you might have that you can't get, that you haven't been healed or delivered from, or you've never accepted Christ into your life and you would like to this morning and be baptized, or maybe you've never just been baptized within your life and you would like to do that here this morning, I challenge you guys to come up here and pray with us. Or if you need prayer for anything else within your life, I challenge you guys to do that this morning. So dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity this morning to enter within your presence, Lord. And I pray that you can continue to work and move within every single person's life in here today. Lord, I pray as this next song is about to play that you can truly transform, break, and change people's lives today. I thank you for the amazing opportunity of your Holy Spirit being present with us today, Lord. And I pray that we can take advantage of that and use that. In Jesus' name, amen.